Welcome to the Holiday Survival Podcast. My name is Erin Billings and I am your host. The holidays can be the most wonderful time of the year or they can literally be the worst. My hope is that this podcast series will be a resource for you to not only survive this season, but thrive. Over the next couple of weeks, we will be sharing episodes on everything from how to navigate relationship challenges to how to set boundaries with family, friends, and colleagues. We will also be talking about how to find joy in new traditions and why prioritizing your values during the holidays is important. I hope you enjoy the show. My name is Erin Billings, and I am the host of the Holiday Survival Podcast. I created this series because over the past three years, I've had some of the worst Christmases of my life. I just want to be a resource to people that are struggling, and I want to give them something that will actually help them thrive during the season instead of just survive. And so in this episode... I want you to picture it. It's the fall of 2020. So we are in the middle of the pandemic and we really didn't know too much of what was going on with COVID. I would say most of the country was halfway open, but I lived in Chicago and Chicago was pretty strict in their protocols. And so, for example, we couldn't eat inside restaurants that winter. So You know, we were still pretty closed down. I had just taken on what I thought was my dream job at a tech startup. I was hired to be the production manager and I was doing work that I absolutely loved. So my background is in music, media and production. And as the person that was over all of the production for the startup, My job was to run conferences. So I would handle all of the production work and the creative work for the conference. It was also my responsibility to handle all of the production shoots, the content shoots for not only social media content, but website content and podcast content, all the things. That was all my job but I loved it. It was so much fun. I got to work on a team that was just stacked with talent. And if there's anything I could tell you about me, I love talent. And so in my mind, I'm like, this is the perfect job for me. I love this work. I love these people. The person that I was working for, she was a friend from high school. I had literally known her for 20 years. We grew up in the same town. Her dad was a pastor. My mom was a pastor. And, you know, we just really understood where each other came from. So that made it really easy to work with one another. I was really enjoying this job until the paycheck did not come in. What had happened was I was supposed to receive my first payroll check. It was literally Black Friday, the day that I was supposed to receive the check. And I had major plans for this check because this was one of my first real jobs that paid like good money. This was corporate work. This was six plus figures. 
I was super excited. I had plans for this money, not only for Christmas, but I was going to pay off some debt. I was going to start the next year in a better financial state than I had ever been in, in my life. And I was excited about it. I had some family things coming up. So my brother was fixing to graduate college and I had some different things planned for that. I had planned to take him and my other brother on a trip. You know, I just had plans for this money and all of my plans came crashing down when on that Black Friday, the direct deposit did not hit my account. So I had texted my coworkers and I was like, hey, did you guys get your paycheck? And they were like, yeah, everything's good. And I was like, oh, well, I texted the business owner and she said, oh, well, that's weird. Contact ADP and let's figure out why it didn't get deposited. So contacted ADP. Of course, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Nobody's in the office. In my mind, I'm like, okay, well, there's sales all throughout the holiday season. So Black Friday sales, not missing that. I, You know, I can handle that. Well, Monday morning rolls around. I call ADP. ADP said it's actually going to be easier if you get a manual check from the business owner, because otherwise you're going to have to jump through hoops. It's going to take a lot of time. It's just going to be easier if you get that paper check from her this time and then will fix your payroll and your direct deposit for the next pay period. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I can handle that. Turns out they had missed a number in my routing number and that's why the money did not get deposited. And so I'm like, okay, no big deal. I can handle this. I go to my employer. I said, you know, the direct deposit people said, that I should get a paper check. And so she wrote a paper check and she gave it to me and I took it to my bank and it did not go through. And at that point, I'm kind of like, hmm, something doesn't feel right here. And my intuition in the back of my head is kind of like screaming at me. But I turn off the intuition voices in my head and I just am like, you know what? I'm sure that they're good for it. I'm sure it's all fine. I'll just go back to her and get another check. So I went back to her and she wrote me a check for the amount plus all of the fees. Now keep in mind, this was a large check. The first check that bounced was $8,500 and the second was for $9,000 and that included all the fees and all that stuff. So she hands me the second check. She actually sent me to a check cashing place to cash it, but they refused to cash it because it was so much money. And I was like, okay, valid. I'm going to go put this in my business bank account because at this point I had rent that I needed to pay. I had a car note that I needed to pay. I needed money for food because I've been living off of my savings up until that point. And, you know, I needed to replenish those savings. I needed to take care of some expenses. And so I put it in my business bank account and generally with my business bank account, the funds would be available the next morning. So I wake up the next morning and thank God the money was there. Okay, I can breathe now. 
So what did I do? I went and I paid my rent. I paid my car note. I paid all the bills that I had been missing and I took care of business. By four o'clock that afternoon, the check bounced. And when I tell you it bounced, it bounced hard. It took all the money that I had in the account and the savings. I was negative thousands of dollars because keep in mind, I just paid all of those bills. And oh my God, I was distraught because it was this moment that I realized, I don't know if I'm ever going to see this money. And so I called the business owner. I'm like, what the hell? Why are these checks bouncing? She really didn't have any answers for me. And I was like, okay, you don't have answers about why it's bouncing, but what are you going to do about it? Can you send over some money? I have negative accounts over here. Like you are literally harming me in my financial life by this check bouncing and you're not making any kind of effort to pay it. By this point, it is the middle of December. I have yet to buy a Christmas present and I'm waking out at this point. Now, at this point in my life, I was the queen gift giver. I love giving gifts. Giving gifts is one of my love languages, in fact. I love being thoughtful and I love thinking about what could I give this person that they would absolutely love. That is my approach to gift giving. And that was a year that I could not rub two pennies together to buy a gift. And I was mortified because not only had my dream job come crashing down, but I don't have any money for gifts. I don't have any money to pay my bills. I don't have a job because at this point, she had told all of the rest of my team that she did not have the money to make payroll. And so all of the time that we had worked up to that point that we were contracted for, we had contracts stating that, you know, this was our salary and all of the different things. We had everything. And then we were not going to be seeing that money that we were owed because we had worked for it. I think my nervous system was just in complete freeze mode because I was in shock. I did not know what to do. And I'm like, how the hell am I gonna get this money? And, you know, my mom, who is probably my biggest cheerleader, my biggest supporter, my mom used to work on Michelin's top legal team when I was growing up. And so all legal things roll through my mom. And she was like, Erin, you gotta hire a lawyer. She's like, I know that you are in a trauma response right now, but you have to take care of this now. So I spent the better part of December searching for lawyers. And so I found one. Now keep in mind, you gotta have money to pay lawyers. And I did not have that. So I ended up having to take a lawyer on contingency and I found one that I liked that came from a referral from another friend. And I was like, okay, I can trust these people. This is good. These people are going to have my back. December 23rd rolls around. That was the day that I hired my lawyer and they sent over the notice to sue, essentially. 
And the former employer at this point, because I mean, if I'm sending over letters from lawyers, I don't work there anymore. She says to the lawyer, oh, this is just a temporary issue and we will make sure that she gets paid. She deserves all of that money. She worked hard for it, blah, blah, blah. It's basically lip service. And at that point, I'm like, something is still not sitting quite right here. And all of my colleagues on the team, they're all kind of in their own trauma responses too, because again, we are all without jobs. We are without wages. And we're all just like, what the hell is going on here? This is collective trauma. And it's one of the craziest experiences of my life because it literally ruined my finances. It ruined my Christmas. I was devastated and it brought me to this place where I had nothing to give and I could only receive. And at that point in my life, I wasn't very good at receiving. I wasn't good at receiving finances. I wasn't good at receiving joy. I wasn't good at receiving anything abundance. I wasn't even good at receiving love, to be honest with you. But that was the year, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I had to receive that love. Otherwise, I would not be here today. Had I not received the love and the support and the empathy of my family and friends during that time, I would not be here right now. I fell into a great depression because of this. And you might be wondering why I'm telling you this, because this sounds more like a true crime podcast than it does the holiday survival podcast. No, I am telling you this because if you are in a state like I was at that time where you do not have two pennies to rub together, I want to let you know that you can choose presence over presence. And that's exactly what I had to do that year. I had to choose receiving the love and support of my family and friends and letting them love on me, letting them give me what it was that I needed, whether it was a place to stay or food or, you know, even financial support to help me get through that really rough time because I had to dig my way out of a negative bank account of negative thousands of dollars. My support system came alongside of me and they held me through this time. Allow people in. If I can tell you anything, I was a traumatized child. I've basically lived my life in a trauma response. This was the catalyst for that to change and for me to heal. But you have to let it in. That's the first thing I got to tell you. And then, like I said, you've got to choose presence over presence. What does that mean? It means putting our phones down. It means spending quality time. I talked about love languages and giving gifts as a love language. Quality time is a love language. Acts of service is a love language. If you cannot rub two pennies together, go and do something for somebody else. You know, I spend a lot of time with elderly family members. So sometimes quality time can look like watching their favorite Christmas movie from the 1950s like a It's a Wonderful Life or White Christmas, spending time with them watching something that is nostalgic for them. Or it might look like 
taking your niece or nephew or cousin to the doctor's office or picking up their grocery order or taking something off of somebody's plate. You know, gift giving does not have to be financial. Gift giving can be your time, your effort, your service. And that's what I learned in this moment. And so that was the Christmas that, like I said, I was so depressed. I was so broken. I was devastated because my dream job just went down the toilet. But having grown up in church and served in church my whole life, I was reminded that because of the love that people were showing me, I could do the same. So I went to the local food bank and I served on Christmas night. And it was rewarding because I was able to do something for somebody out of the goodness of my heart. I knew that I didn't have to worry about the things that the people that were there had to worry about. We cooked a warm meal. They were able to eat all the fixins, all the good food, all of the hot cocoa and the cookies and the desserts. They had a wonderful meal. And I was able to interact with them and talk to them and get to know them, not as somebody who is above them, but as somebody who understands that this time of year can really suck. But there's community in these experiences. And it really lifted my spirit to just be able to go do that. And if I can encourage you with anything, like I said, presence over presence, but serve. When we go into that mindset of, oh, I don't have this, oh, I don't have that, I can't afford this, I can't afford to do this for my children. Come back to center. And what do you have to give? If you have love, that is good enough. If you have joy, that is good enough. If you have time, that is good enough. Your kids may not remember what you bought them for Christmas this year, if, especially if they're young. I guarantee it. They will not remember what they received for their second Christmas. You know what they're going to remember? Sitting on the couch with mom watching their favorite Christmas movie. They're going to remember sitting at the piano with their family, singing Christmas carols. They're going to remember the hot chocolate and the marshmallows and the cookies with grandma and grandpa. These are the things that make a difference, not only in children's lives, but in all of our lives. So if I can encourage you with anything today, choose presents over presence. Now, in the rest of this series, we're going to be having interviews with experts. And I hope that you'll listen to the next episode, which is all about self-care and boundaries, because this is one of the biggest themes of the holidays and making sure that we are able to keep our sanity intact. So I hope you'll join me for the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Holiday Survival Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, 
please leave us a rating and a review so that other people can see just how wonderful this podcast series is. We also have a private podcast series featuring our expert guests where they will be guiding you through this season with their patented methods to help you thrive during what can be a very hard time of year. To learn more about how you can subscribe to the private podcast series or for more information about our expert guests, please go to the show notes or holidaysurvivalpod.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season.